and welcome to Wide Shut. I'm your host Logan. He's your host Jesse. Salute to the guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jesse's not actually here this week, but we are going to intersperse his voice throughout the episode just to um, uh, honour his his passing. <laughs> R.I.P. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I am. I am um, once again joined by the. Did I say wide shut or weird shit at the start? I hope he said weird shit, but I think he said wide shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said wide shut. Um, joined again by the interns. How's it going? Hey, hey. There they are. Mick and Tony. Mick's the one with the grading accent, and Tony's the one with the grading accent. <laughs> We're both foreigners. Yep. It's, it's not, how not from shithole countries, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, I'm from shithole. <laughs> you were born in the States, though, right? I was born yeah. in the States, but the way the States, some people, Mexicans especially, will look at um, if your grandparents are born in Mexico, yeah. you're considered a wetback. Got your green card, is well, <laughs> my, my grandparents spoke pigeon English. Yeah, ninety percent time in Spanish. And yeah. Did you did you go visit yeah um go visit the rallies back in Mexico and then when you come back across the border the guy goes yeah nah <laughs> <laughs> no lucky they let us back ah. <laughs> though I have to say one time I visited Tijuana my dad stepped out of the van and this guy came out with a machete and he's like what do you say you? machete but you don't say Tijuana we we accentuate what we do. but he came out with a machete that said OJ special on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, dude. <laughs> I was like, put that fucking thing away. I, I hate how desensitized I am that the first thing that comes to mind is I'm not sure that's historically accurate <laughs> with the yeah, OJ yeah. murders. Like, there's no way he used a machete. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's way too provincial a weapon for a, um, for an NFL superstar. <laughs> Those Bruno Mollies are Juice. <laughs> the juice is loose. And now I'm just trying to think whether it is machete or machete. Machete. Was yeah. well, is, is it a is it a Mexican word? Ah, uh, Spanish word. I think we made it ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shock. You really made it your own. <laughs> we stuck a flag in it. It's ours. Yeah. Hey. He is a great comic relief character. <laughs> and innocent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Until self-incriminate. <laughs> hey, it's it's not important whether he was guilty or not. It's important that he got a fair trial. Fake. <laughs> Fake. Fake. Look, I tried to put the glove on. It didn't fit, okay? He's still looking for the killer on the golf course. <laughs> OJ oh, was the shooter on the grassy you knoll. He does always make me kind of confident that if I ever get accused of a crime, I can get away with it, though. Not with the way you look. You, you don't yeah, true yeah. story, yeah. <laughs> he's white and middle-aged, he's guilty. I, I don't know what he did wrong, but we're also charging him with possession. Breaking and entry. It works, we're frisking him. Bend yeah. over. <sighs> I, I, I don't know what he is, but I'm pretty sure he's libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, he's Wait, wait, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm Irish anyway, it's alright. Really? Always? No idea. I think it's the speed of accent. Whereabouts in Ireland are you from? That's the most common. I think it's the anger. <laughs> you think the anger? I'm usually hanging out of a car window at the time. So. 
Yeah, a- admittedly, you were shouting at them in an Irish accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whilst chugging a Guinness. Yeah. It was, it was understandable. Wearing a green t shirt. And not to the Irish listeners, I'm muy simpatico because you helped us with the revolution. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a mistake. Yeah. That was a, yeah, we're angry too. Yeah, so. we love you too. Basically, the only white people that were made slaves ever. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish. Diddly do potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you include them, eh? Yeah. Speaking of which, poor Lewis Verrosen. What's Verrosen? What happened? Uh, 46. I'm going to assume yeah. either suicide or OD. I hope for overdose. Mm. Seems the better way to go, isn't it? Because it's yeah, I, it's, I it's bad to some euphoria involved with an like, overdose. Uh, an untimely death is unfortunate, regardless. But yep. I'd rather she went out via substance abuse than mental illness. I think so. Yeah. Is like, that again? There's some yeah, but hope, hopeful. Usually the two are intertwined. True. Yeah, you're you're escape taking drugs to escape. So yeah, yeah. yeah John Belushi in the beat ball. Yeah. Do you think they realise that's always been my, my? There's my, too much. Or? Yeah, like you know, like because of course they're always pushing the edge, and then like like the Kurt Cobain argument. What well, you have to the kill one person moves. is is yeah. okay for somebody with a tolerance. Do you know? And do you think they ever like you know take that bump or the well, line or whatever and think, oops? Have you ever read the whole um, the amount and way in which he took? what he took the day he died was not co- yeah was not consistent with an od yep. that a real um a real addict and they do. were saying that the uh the levels in a system mean that he in theory shouldn't be able to function let alone yeah uh, commit oh, wow. an act but but you do factor intolerance into that i think it's difficult to say also he had converse on and they said he should have pulled the trigger with his toe which anybody that owns a pair of tailors will confirm that using independent toes is almost impossible yeah um, so there's a lot of I've always thought like don't buy the official story but don't believe because it was Courtney Love because she's fucking useless <laughs> I don't think she could succeed at anything she ever tried to do unless it was accident no, like, no, she, like her she, one she, famous song she can get succeeded getting other guys to write her album yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the last one they um, never do that well is I've, I don't think I've ever actually heard a whole song are they You'll have heard, uh, is it Celebrity Skin? Is yeah. the one that. You, you yeah, I would have heard yeah, that, yeah. but I, I couldn't pick it up off the top of my head. Nah, and you wouldn't want to. Is there hate towards it? Who's? People's hate towards it? Yeah. Um, I think so. Well, I don't know about Courtney Love, but I do know that Cobain raped a special needs girl. No, I heard this story, no, yes. No, that's not the story. He had sex with her, and then it got out of. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's special needs. She yeah. can't consent. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Sorry, it got <laughs> awfully rainy, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they said because um, I just saw the um, doco that came out. What is it? A montage of uh, yeah, montage, montage of heck. Yeah, yeah. The um, the number one Kurt Cobain documentary, completely not endorsed or approved of by Dave Grohl. <laughs> I don't Indeed. think Dave Grohl yeah. wants to be anywhere near. No. But to be fair, though, just to get back to the the weird celebrity uh, raping of her being fun. Uh, I don't think it was penetrative sex, though. I believe she did my hand job. I'm not suggesting that makes oh, really? it any better, but I vaguely remember in, I think it was Kurt and Courtney, although I could be wrong, that it was mentioned he used to go to her house after school, and it originally originated where him and a group of friends would pick on the girl, and then mm-hmm. as often as the case, one of those people feels a bit of guilt towards it, and he started being nice to her, and then, yeah, she did my hand job, I believe, was the uh, okay. the other story I had heard. I'm not condoning what he did, but some of these are awkward. They're the weirdest. 
Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying what he did was right. No, no, no. Your, your mindset is Indeed. Totally and he was obviously always kind of cookie giving his upbringing anyway. Yeah. Like, he, he wasn't on a linear track. What was his upbringing? You know? Um, basically passed around family relatives slept on couches yeah, his his uncle kicked him out like three times and he yeah. kept having to go back because he didn't have somewhere to live kicked him out yep. and his mom wouldn't take him and um, his dad wouldn't take him even the song Under the Bridge I think that's the title um, was written about his experiences living under a bridge when he didn't have somewhere to go so oh, okay. I think it was a it was one of those situations where, where now I was a Nirvana fan I always thought like Tortured Soul but then you look into it further and after reading his journal entries a lot of it is bullshit. Like he would yeah, write they radio were the, stations begging for them to play his music. They were the the cookie cutter marketable yeah. version of that movement, and it but shattered the illusion. I, I was, I was never, um, I was never a follower or much of a fan. I knew all those singles, but yeah. it was just because I always dated ulti girls, and they'd always gone through a massive Nirvana phase. Yeah, I think most of us did, especially kind of my age ish. Yeah. yeah um i was a huge fan as a kid huge fan but yeah it, it started to shatter when i realized how a lot of it was almost like a persona that he was putting out to be a rock star yeah like i've gone in the days of like drunking coked up rock stars i feel like you don't see that anymore you don't have the jim morrisons of the world anymore but on the flip side to that he maybe kurt cobain was the precursor for this obvious rock star look if that makes sense like he almost templated the design for that that alter image but kind of left with him that was the end of it I mean, in a grunge out. sense definitely yeah. yeah but then he wasn't even the precursor for grunge when you consider like Mudhoney and those kind of bands you know yeah. he wasn't even where first did, there yeah where did Mudhoney go that's no idea one. Yeah. like you have Soundgarden uh, Nirvana you've got all those sub pop people come out just disappeared completely swept off as well I've, I've literally never heard of them no uh, as a, very common for most people I feel yeah. they, um, I guess Nirvana was more marketable like you said earlier yeah. you know um, so Mudhoney being the ugly weird I'm assuming yeah. Jewish lead singer just yeah, got swept under the kind of a weird looking yeah thing. very Ramones looking if I remember rightly <laughs> it's a weird thing eh? Hey? think of I feel like we talked about this once think of all the um all the all the acts and all the stars that don't exist because they don't look good on film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Millie Vanilli, the guys who actually sung for them. Mm. Why were those guys? Why did no one ever go to those guys and go, "You've been making the music. Why don't we just run out with you guys?" Because they didn't have the look. Yeah. And it's funny because I think a lot of people attribute that to a modern day change, how you have to be a visually a pleasing group to make money now you yeah. know like with yeah. the one directions etc you know or even slightly behind like the take that or NSYNC or, kind of or if you are ugly or just specific looking that is has to be a, an intrinsic part of your deal because I would be like good luck now getting a, an Elvis Costello or a Bob Dylan even to yeah. come out and be like That's a true. could you imagine a kid having a Bob Dylan poster on his wall these days do you know like it's yeah those kind what? of people are just gone and it's all now is appearance yeah complete appearance. i know what old bob dylan looks like but was young bob dylan attractive no no no, no. no. he, he always okay. looked like a slightly better suntanned version of Gollum. <laughs> he was always quite skinny like yeah, emaciated looking he and... like somebody had just beat him up like he yeah. always was hunched over it's like bob but i think if you spend your entire life smoking cigarettes and traveling the road that's yeah. just how you're gonna look you he know fit in the van. <laughs> i have nothing but love for bob dylan hey to, to me to me it's just all rambling 
yep. slightly off tune nonsense. Yep, and he has, we've discussed this at length, me and Mick, yeah. he has an, a very unusual voice. But like I said to Mick, but you, you can, can make a Bob Dylan song. You can make it sound like it, but I don't know if anybody touched Bob Dylan's songwriting. You kind of just list things and, go, <laughs> and strum along. You basically made a Bob Dylan song. And you can literally just list shit. Yep. He has multiple songs that are just He'll be the all first the person to admit that, like the Hurricane song, he took the newspaper yeah, article that happened with the event and yep. made it into a song. Like He doesn't always lie about the creative process involved, but I think it, there's still a He was the one of, that he did a speech... Um, he got given like a, I don't think it was a Nobel Peace Prize, but it was something along that. Yeah. Was did. it? He got yeah. a Nobel Peace Prize in yeah. uh, literature, I think it was, because it was something yes. strange and, and he uh, mostly ripped off his acceptance speech. Oh, really? Yeah, it was mostly plagiarized. Which d- it doesn't really surprise me, given how he writes his songs. Even like the amount of old Woody Guthrie songs and such, he would yeah, cover yeah, he that. And I'm not suggesting that he made it so, but he gets well, a lot of credit for those songs. I, he I have heard either. an argument to his favour, which is he does folk music. What is folk music? It's the same songs repeated and passed yeah. down. Yeah. So it's for him, for yeah. For well, him he originally to, did folk music. Yeah. Well, but Bob Dylan music inevitably just became a subgenre yeah. of folk. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, Shakespeare did the same thing with all of his writing. Yeah. Like old stories. I mean, like Shakespeare's amazing. It's like, no, he ripped off old stories, man, for the globe. Like, yeah. And to be fair, we still do that now. Look at the Hunger Games. It's yeah. basically just battle royale. Yeah. You know, like we we're still regurgitating the same storylines or the same music, even. You know, it's um, it's just part of human nature, I guess. Yeah. To what degree? I mean, like the Black Swan, like uh, by Aronofsky, is a total ripoff of Satoshi Kon's. Uh, not Millennium Asterisk. Um, uh, blue. Blue, yeah. Blue something or other. Yeah. Nope. And I mean, it's almost... It's, it's an anime movie about an actress who idolizes another actress, heaps, oh, yeah. and emulates her so much and develops an unhealthy fascination. Psychosis, yeah. Interesting. And that's the weird thing. Like, he, Aronofsky, paid the rights in Requiem for a Dream, I believe, to use a Satoshi Kone scene in, an, in a previous anime movie that he created. It's like he knew about Satoshi Kone. He paid for the yeah, rights yeah, yeah. of an old movie, then took, uh, what is it called? An existing story. Oh, I'll go. Yeah, and he, and literally, fr- there are frames of this movie taken. And people are like, Aronofsky is a genius. It's like, Oh, and it's tough too because I like Aronofsky the rest of them are great movies but to how much of that can you really avoid I remember I think it was how when I was in, yeah, in music. yeah like how many chords in music how many ways can you string words together for a song how many uh, plot progressions from movies are there really you know like yeah. boy meets girl they either get along or don't one of them dies or they marry kind of thing like you're perfect blue perfect blue no, it was like there is a finite amount i believe of um, you yeah you did <laughs> although i did hit it so i'll oh, take it yeah. um but yeah there are like a finite amount of ways to string yeah well because um, i mean thing you made star wars because you couldn't get the film rights to um bloody shit i lost it um no uh he wanted to make a um they even made it later on he fights a really really racist asian caricature he's a guy that sits on like a space motorbike it's basically space conan buck rogers or oh, okay, buck rogers, yeah. something like that like he he literally everything was just 
three different key i forget what they are three different key movie ideas that he couldn't get the rights for and he was a fan of as a kid that he glued Mm. together and that's what star wars was the rest of it was just his wife's um saving it in editing there's so many amazing stories be them unique or otherwise that have just never been adapted into a movie that's my only criticism with them remaking movies or like rehashing a similar story in in a new premise is that there's so many great stories out there. Yeah, there's so really many, are. like especially when you look towards literature for their inspiration rather than pre-existing movies. But um, basically all Western literature still follows the three-act structure and the hero's journey to the point yeah. where if you don't present that to us verbatim, we actually reject it as not yeah. being a good film. But sometimes those still there's work. There's a book called The Hero's Journey that shows you how to write yep. a, a full story. Yeah. But sometimes you still piece together those those smaller details to make it entertaining. Like I read a, a he's deceased now, but an author called Richard Lehman who very much just writes kind of. Pulp. Does he does he keep like wink wink nodding at the audience and saying in layman's terms? <laughs> he never once mentions it. Although what? they did do, a, I think it was like a biography about him or something called in layman's, layman's terms. terms. Yeah. yeah, but Head he never he never challenged it personally. Uh-huh. But um, he he wrote like trashy pulp horror novels. You know, heroin woman, crazy psycho killer. She always bests him. It always ends. Like it's very very verbatim in how he yep. writes them but there's so many of the stories that i just think like how has this not been made into a movie like we keep trudging up old stephen king to make movies out of and i'm yeah. like there's an untapped resource of richard Lehman. like he yeah. wrote 30 or some odd novels you know i think that'll change with netflix and this whole game break you know but granted they're giving jerry seinfeld and ben stiller a bunch of money and it's like fuck, I'm, or adam sandler it's like yeah how many NYU students have to impale themselves every year but it's, with Adam Sandler making another movie? It's, it's proven that your average consumer will gobble it up. Yeah, they love them. Because most people are brainless idiots. I don't mean to insult like the most people, people as a large, but it's true. Well, myself yeah. included for many of a situation, you know, like we we do, we consume things that are so easy to ingest, you know, yeah. we <clears throat> you spit it out. It's as simple as that, you know, we talk yeah. about it. You only have to look at sports for that. And it is though, like it's it's a bunch of people kicking a ball around with the inevitable idea of putting a goal a ball into a hole. Yeah. In yeah, twenty eighteen, how that is still a thing well, and it's, still entertaining, I don't know. It's it's less about the sport, I would have said, it's more about the act of getting on side and being a part of a team. Yeah. But how's about we all band together and then we make the world a better place? Wouldn't that be a good way? But it's it's not of a, it's a way to split and divide. So it's not it's not simple. No, it, yeah, it's not. And it's it can't not as be easy as concluded in 90 minutes. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and everybody can understand how to kick a ball into a soccer goal. Like, most people can. Even do if it. you can watch a 90-minute game without that ever happening. <laughs> yeah. I always liken this to watching a boxing match and watching nobody throw a punch. <laughs> Seriously, though, a 90-minute game where the only oh, premise of the life, game yeah. isn't actually succeeded yeah. in, you know? Is, I mean, it's even harder when you're from a country like New Zealand that has no respect for the game. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I honestly am, and I'm come from a country that shit. Yeah. It's more prized than the Royals, kind of thing. But and don't get me wrong, you go to a live game. I almost understand that pack mentality. You get in the stands with the people that really enjoy the game. Yeah. The game you, you, somehow becomes more entertaining watching it live. But at the end of the day, you haven't really accomplished anything. But you go to a football match, and the crowd is entertaining themselves. One hundred percent. Yeah. You go to a rugby match, especially New Zealanders. The crowd is silent. Yeah, uh, I went to a Chiefs uh, Blues final, I think it was, a while back. The missus got free tickets. Yeah. Really good to see live, but yeah. yeah, very quiet. Yeah. Although they did serve beers in the stands, which I thought was a positive. 
Like in, in soccer in Britain, you have to go to a place to buy your beer yeah. and come back. But when I was in, it was in the Waikato too. Um, yeah, they brought beers around and you I've could buy them while you were sitting there. Before. It was too easy, so I, I used the term beer loosely, but... Well, you know, you don't we have to think Millwall bricks or anything. <laughs> have you ever seen a Millwall brick slogan? I've heard the term. I don't know what it is. It's, um, in essence, what only in your country you can think about this. Um, they would get a newspaper and they make it so dense that you could like actually hit somebody with it. And you could kill them. We'll find a way to, uh, I, I shouldn't include myself in this, but British people in sports will find a way to hurt okay, other sports people. Turn when it I, into violence. When I went to the rugby game here, I was amazed that the, and I had never been to a British rugby game, so I can't vouch for that, but there was no division. We have what? a line of police officers between soccer fans Yeah, as a minimum. The, um, the idea that everyone was just piled together and having a good time was both awesome and extremely strange at the same time. It also depends on um, which class of society plays that sport. So like New Zealand, it's basically everyone. Mm. England, as far as I understand it, is more the private school kids tend to be more into their rugby and their other yeah. sports like that. Whereas yeah. Soccer is the common man. However, I think soccer fans is very wide range. Yes, absolutely. But you're absolutely right. The, the rugby tends to be that the middle class like yeah. i worked in a bar which was in a very rugby town yeah. and didn't fuck with soccer so much but just rugby um and you it could, wasn't literally the them. town of rugby was it <laughs> it wasn't but it may as well have been um because i i remember watching a documentary about south africa hmm. and it was about the like it led up to the um the, Amer- the south african tour when there was all the riding in new zealand oh yeah um and they said yeah well the all the poor people there's a reason basically all the rugby players were white because all the um black people they had uh gravel on their play areas so you can't play rugby because you just cut yourself to bits you play soccer because it's it's not a contact sport sport. they have such a, a weird racial divide still even to this day from what i understand in south africa i can't understand it almost seems like everyone else is complaining about nothing when you put it in comparison yeah yeah like these people still essentially have slaves i know maybe in a formal sense they don't have a slave but if you have a bunch of people of a specific ethnicity cleaning your house and doing your lawns that are are paid a wage relative to their social value which is extremely low yeah not rightly so but just as they basically have no way to leave your property because they live on site. Their family lives on site. Yeah. So like, yeah, well, you're not a slave, but you're a... You may as yeah, well be. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was, we were talking with South Africa when I first came here, just comparing LA to South Africa. It's, it's not even close. Like, we talk to people, and like, this guy, we had a dinner, and this guy sat down, and I don't know how we got into this, but he's like, how many people have, have do you know that have died? And I was like, holy shit. Even for being from LA, I was like, pretty straightforward yeah and um yeah he said multiple people and i was like because uh, they have like carjackings and all sorts oh, yeah. yeah yeah like, yeah and they're they um i mean they descended their society comes from the dutch yes and the dutch yeah. are a very plain um very direct very yeah directly flatly spoken people yeah. they don't mince words they don't they tell everything how it is but it's just yeah they, they're blunt and it's not because they're rude it's just that is how you do yeah. and i appreciate directness but i just i don't appreciate that racial inequality you know like nah. it's if you're gonna have a housemaid or whatnot that's fine like you're creating a job for somebody it's a good thing but you you pay them a living wage i don't really care where in the world you are now yeah 
the fact that there are people not being paid a living wage is <coughs> kind of idiotic almost. Because like, the rest of us are standing by and letting it happen, you know? The part that I always don't like is people that cannot comprehend the idea that their own thought paradigm isn't the same as everyone else's. Just that assumption that everyone thinks exactly yeah. the same as so you. Th- yeah. Like when you talk to somebody and they say, well, I'm not racist, and it's, or the, you know, society's not racist. Um, group x just needs to pull their pants up and get jobs like everyone else yeah so yes they technically could get the same social welfare they could get the same but you're not seeing the part where the bridges into the city were specifically built so that um buses won't fit through the underpasses so it actually makes it harder for people from their part of the um, city to get to the cbd you don't see the part where urban planning was intentionally designed to put those people in ghettos so that they'd be stuck again away from the central business districts away from the good schools and you can't pull that shit apart overnight no and that's i think that's a key part of it is we we feel like we have now made amends for the fact that we've tried other ethnicities different catch up you know like we just assume like you've jumped over the fence and now well you should be able to do everything a white person can do kind of thing and I think as much as I have often joked about the fact that my white card was lost in the mail because I don't think I ever got it, you can't be naive to the fact that potentially I got certain opportunities as a child that potentially a a less fortunate may not have got. That could be a less fortunate white or ethnic person. That doesn't necessarily um, a division of skin colour. But in the same hand, like there are differences to how we're all raised. Oh but yeah, I do think like if you're a black person, there are sometimes sometimes the top, yeah, it's gonna be tough. But I mean, I'd have to. I guess where my bone of contention is, there are black neighborhoods where it's really bad. Yeah. It's like so. I don't know how do you separate those two things where it's like you have these you have cops who are afraid of black people because the statistics versus the black person who's just a lawyer or a professor and it's like how do you get a cop who you know what is the average intelligence of a cop i'm not putting cops down saying what is the bar for being a policeman yeah so how much like how much training do police policemen get you know what i mean so who are we getting as policemen versus what's the truth of society does that make sense yeah and i think to to some degree especially when you're talking about um the conflict between minorities and police in the u.s i think we briefly spoke about this is i'm not suggesting that we racially divide america by any stretch but sending in a somewhat privileged white cop yeah into a uh, an area of minority surely you can see from the outside that that's going to cause irritation yeah Yeah. on the flip side to that admittedly there are i I heard a quote in a a song the other day which was um the majority of black deaths are um by ego which i thought was a very interesting thing because they they were hinting on the whole uh the the drug dealing the uh, you must respect me etc because i'm x or whatnot Um, so they were saying that predominantly it seems to be ego is the trigger to most deaths whether that is a contributing factor whether they feel like if if a white person pulls them over that it is racially motivated not suggesting 100% it isn't by any stretch but potentially that's a 50-50 split but if you automatically think this person is of a different race to me that makes it racially motivated you're going to come with an attitude yeah and it's weird yeah because my sister got pulled over in Nebraska where she lives and she was freaked out and she speaks you know, she's not to be met. <laughs> she's just mm. not. 
but it freaked her out. I said, please get cameras on your car. Yeah. You, know, you never know what's going to happen. But at the same time, a cop going through a horrible neighborhood, or she was really smart, um, but going through a horrible neighborhood, how's he supposed to react? But is that is that a weird thing that we feel the need to record it? Because I've seldom been pulled over by police in almost any country I've lived in. But every time I have been pulled over, the same as I treat anybody else in my life, I am respectful to the person mm. that pulls me over. And I'm probably one of the most vocal about my distaste for the police force. And for, yeah, With absolute power comes absolute corruption. You give somebody that much power, they are going to be a bit of a dick. That's just my opinion on the subject. I'm not suggesting it's fact. But however, when I'm pulled over, I treat that individual with respect, the same as I would if I bumped into somebody in the street, you at work, or a customer at work. Yeah. I treat everyone with respect. Yep. I've never been beat up by a cop, never been arrested, never had my car searched to any extent that I wouldn't have expected it in that traffic stop. Yeah. And I can only assume, many people would say potentially skin color, but I can only assume that's because I treat the guy with respect. He put me over. I spoke to him. I was honest when he asked me questions. You, I wasn't aggressive or forward in that. You, approach, you talk you know? to a cop in New Zealand. All they do is walk up there, and basically say, "Look, you know what you did wrong. I know what you did wrong. You know how this has to go down. I'm not going to make any trouble for you any more than you should make trouble for me." Yeah. And you both just kind of go, "Yeah, yeah. right." Yeah. I, I've got um, speeding tickets before, and it's just a case of, "Yeah, well, you know." Yeah, had a yeah. friend who I'm not. The cops, and that's what they do. They said, hey, you know what you did? Show up tomorrow at 8. Yeah. That's it. That's all I'm asking. And then the, the person would show up. I got pulled over in Auckland for doing 80 and a 50 when I was traveling here. Uh, we had drove from uh, Taupo, I think it was, so a long motorway journey, pulled off in Auckland to go to the zoo, slightly too quick for the road, pulled me over. Do you know how fast you were going? And I'm like, honestly, about 80. That was it. Yeah, get a fine, you know, like the they, they, was yeah, they, fine. they print you off a ticket and say have a nice day, and kind of thing. Leave yeah. you there, and the, I can only assume from my point of view that that was based on a level of mutual respect. I right. treat him like an individual; he treats me like yeah. an individual. We move on. Well, he he doesn't approach it that you're a dangerous, violent idiot. Kind of, yeah. Which is, I feel like, the training that police in the states seem to be given. Yeah, everything, or at least how we get but, as a feedback. The, um. The country's built on fear. At the same yeah. time, I've seen footage of people saying, hey, the cop shouldn't have shot that lady or something like that. And um, But you also get people, and the cop walks up and says, ma'am, da, da, ma. what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? Yeah. You have to show me badge. You have to show me badge. Yeah. And it's... it's. I know my rights, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you... Kind of thing, yeah. Sometimes you just got to be it's, nice to It's people. like... It's karma at the end of the day, in my opinion. You know, you get back what you put out if he pulls yeah, you over but, and you're a bit of a dick it, to them he's gonna be a now bit of at a the dick same to you, time you i've know? heard things like um you know you've got to go to x neighborhood like a police's dispatch thing we're gonna um you know they have rates at which arrests must be made in a day yes. to show that crime has been stopped yeah. which makes yeah. no sense whatsoever because crime is not something that occurs at specific intervals and in specific quantities. See, America went but wrong, I feel, when they have maximum They offenses. said, go to this area. This is a high arrest area. And they know they'll it's get like, somebody. But yes. you, you can't say an area is a high arrest area because you are the ones that go there and arrest uh, yeah. people. And if you're so targeting the act that area. of saying it is a high arrest area makes it a high arrest area. Yeah. It, it is in no way referential of what people are actually doing their crime-wise. Yeah. It's just pick people up. Well, ultimately, they're just stopping people and hoping you catch somebody that has something. Yeah. You could do that in a white area. You could do that in a black area. People commit crime anywhere they go. Well, see, and that's where it gets weird with me, you know, when we were talking about people that I, that I know. And... 
continue. People that I know that are in gangs, it's like, how is a gang any different than the government? I mean, yep. I mean, the government is just a big gang that yeah. makes yeah. rules and changes rules to make money when they want. And the gang on put people in prison when you don't pay your taxes. Yeah. 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 Wesley well, Snipes, why would you put him in prison when he could have been making money for you? Yeah. One movie, he pays you back, Uncle Sam. No, they. No, that was our, there was a reason. No, Weasley Snipes was specifically let out of prison to do film roles right. so that he could pay his debt. But why did they put him in to begin with? It's like Wesley make one film. Yeah. But in the flip because side, because America is a country is too um, set in their ways with their rules that they won't do a pay while you earn system and stop bloody tax fraud. But in the same hand, you, if you can't don't make treat many people because hold. he makes movies. Yeah, like if wait. you did a crime and you would put your blogs in prison for doing that crime, yeah, Trump then... Would be, Trump would be in prison 10 times over with the shit he's done with. No, no, it's perfectly fine. Grab by the pussy. It's all good. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure if the right people, well, if Trump was black, he would have been in debtor's prison at least twice. I'll continue to go back to the same thing. Clinton got wrong for getting a blowjob. Trump can fucking bastardize and insult the majority of the world and get away with it scot free. Well, here's my thing. I can't stand Trump. You guys know how I feel. I actually cannot say my views on this podcast. We all get arrested for treason. You can't. You're in New Zealand. Fuck him. Fuck Trump. <laughs> yeah. But Love America. Seek asylum. Well, what happened with Harvey Weinstein and like Kevin Spacey? It's just all kind of gone away. Yeah. Why is that? Trump is every day we hear about it, which is. But to be fair, though, one of those people Trump is running a country. The day. other people are making movies. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. I just think. Can we the, just put the Trump out of I, no, but it's not going to happen. That's the strangest of all How things. How is it not happening? That guy's been in like the what was it? The Papadopoulos. That guy has. They've done an indictment for him. What is going on? They're doing something. People want change. I honestly think that's the the culmination of it all is that people want change and any change is better than no change. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, now they've got him in. We were talking about this the other day, or even when we mentioned with the Vegas shooting. Um, yeah. uh, globally, potentially, but specifically in America, since all the eyes are on them, when uh, something happens, papers fall where they may. We get on with it. Well, they've fallen. You know, Trump's yep. in power. That's how it is now. Yep. No, very few of us are willing to shit or get off the pot and actually make a change in that situation. Where yeah. I think you well, now you, start you to look, look at damage you look control. at America's liberal left. They are in a lot of ways far more dogmatic than your average Bible Belt person. Yes. If you don't toe the line of being the most apologetic for whatever station oh, in yeah. society you've been afforded. If you're not constantly, um, every person you speak to, you don't assume what gender they are based on the way they look, how they talk, whatever. If you don't follow all those sort of LA, San Francisco social rules, yeah. you'll you'll be, you know, awesome. there'll be people calling for your job. Al there'll Franken. be people, even yeah. in a normal business Franken, fashion. Yeah. Like, Al Franken didn't do anything close to what what most people see in the media are getting just lambasted for, and it's like. He's out for that. It's like I'm not saying he shouldn't be scrutinized for what he did, but God, he was treated like he was Weinstein beaten off in a pot of coal. I can only assume that the majority of what we see about Trump, and it hurts me to say this, isn't true. Well, Presumably, if the majority of what, like you said, based on what we are told he has done, he wouldn't be in power anymore. So logically, the only solution is either huge cover-up, which I'm certainly not saying that U.S. government or any government, for that matter, are capable of doing. Um, but the only logical solution is that he isn't guilty, at least as black and white guilty, of the things he's being accused of, or he wouldn't be there. Well, Or is it the fact that the U.S. Guilty. don't want to look bad by stripping a president? In the U.S., you're not guilty if you have the right money. 
Yeah. 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 And and as a country, I've always been a firm believer of, especially with the United States, less so with countries like New Zealand, because I don't think there's the impetus or the need for it. And there's no real big scary people behind most of what New Zealand's about. But um, with Hollywood and IKEA, I think there was. But um, in the United States, I've always firmly believed the president is not the president. He's a puppet. He's a face. Yeah. He. So when somebody like Trump is in power, I look at him and think distraction. Yep. Yeah. Is there a Dick Cheney somewhere rolling the dice and doing something? Yeah. I mean. And there's been some atrocious decisions made whilst he's in power, so that would, I guess, back up your opinion. That yeah. He's... Every weird, crazy thing that makes no sense, you can just look back at it and say, we blame Trump for that. But what do we know about even Obama's time in office? Yeah. You, you can't get anything done as the united states president it's not really how that works well i think i was somewhat in support of obama but i remember a situation whereby he was directly video quoted i we can see the words coming out of obama's mouth yeah. saying i'll pull the people from uh, i think it was afghanistan at the time and he's like i'm gonna pull them i'm gonna pull them and then somebody said well why were they pulled and he's like oh well the decision wasn't mine and it does make you wonder how much of that is is taking credit for things that are happening in the cogs behind him and nothing yeah. to do with him because you would be able to get into power and build your wall if you were trump you know he didn't really personally say much that he was going well, to accomplish bar his wall the, which hasn't started construction there are quotes from him that he's literally said to people honestly i thought i'd be more like a ceo of a company it doesn't yeah. work that yeah, way. The president has surprisingly minimal power. Yeah, yeah, look at the bankers in 2008. I voted for Obama and I was pissed. I was like, you didn't do anything. You mm. let those bankers just walk out the door. But we let that look at the um, the bank bailout in the UK, you know, where bankers aren't capable of committing crimes. Apparently, that's how it yeah, works. No. Yeah. We'll just hand you some money and you Maybe can just get on with your life. Why people get away with crimes because it's just white-collar Well, crime. it is, though. Just kind yeah. of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you steal some gum, you go into jail. Yeah. You white-collar crime. Well, all of, here's some money. <laughs> yeah. All of those congressional hearings on the um, on the the Wall Street guys will just plead the fifth or um, bloody. Yeah, you know, I thought sad. I was doing the right thing, yeah, and the majority of us are looking at the Kardashians. Yeah. And not them specifically, but you know the yeah, grants. The, the yeah. yeah, the vast amount of us aren't interested in how things are running. Here's wrestling. Here's, yeah, here's the wrestling, or, or here's the boxing, or. Yeah, whatever well, it is concepts like too big to fail are entirely in um in opposition to the whole concept of of capitalism yeah if you fuck up you fail your failure is supposed to create a market surge that grows new things in your place you the the whole capitalist thing i mean you know when a when an anim, the big scary animal starts to lumber and die because it can't eat anymore because there wasn't enough food around Look at all the smaller Something things that up. run up and yeah. start eating it. Yeah, and the, it's about time we had that with the banking system and the political system. Yeah, both Instead, of which are lumbering and dying, and yeah. we seem to be propping up with no end. Yeah, which makes an uh, interesting point with the cryptocurrency. Where that going to take us? Well, That's, the uh, problem well, with cryptocurrencies is you look yeah. behind them, and ninety percent of the ones that catch on mainstream will already be owned by large money corporations anyway. 
and a lot of them if you look at uh, bitcoin etc are really of no better value than the banking system yeah, yeah, with the exception with yeah. the exception that you have a balanced ledger which is obviously a great thing um you know a dollar isn't worth x amount of any sort of precious metal now so your bitcoin even though the irony that everyone picks apart bitcoin by saying well it isn't anything yeah well, I'm sorry, but neither is the zero in your yeah. bank account or the one in your bank account is just Andy, a number on a... Long Andy Warhol painting, it's only worth yeah. what somebody thinks Says it's worth. worth. Yeah, and then you find, yeah. especially in the art industry, that people will buy other Warhols and then when you see one going up for sale, they will deliberately drive up the prices because yeah. you have six Warhols or whatever in your yeah. collection. It's all relevant to an individual lining his pockets. That's it. And the drunk 29-year-old could just fuck him up like that one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 wow. It was a bad date. <laughs> Started up there with Steve Wynn putting his hand through, was it a Van Gogh painting? It was like a $98 million painting. He was showing the guy the painting, put his hand through it. I just, I do, what I don't get about art is, and I can appreciate art like anybody else, is why people travel to see the art piece. To me, there's no additional merit in seeing the original painting than there is a reproduction of that painting. But yeah. I feel the same a lot of, in a lot of cases about live music. I always feel live music at least is kind of, it's not different, but it's almost repackaged. It's because you can take off your shirt and like just dance around like a dirty head. Well, generally, something. I guess some of it is environmental. You're with a, a collection of people who are presumably somewhat, if not fanatical, or, or, or fans of the artist. So that in yeah. itself becomes something. The same as a sports event. Right. But on the flip side to that, like songs are often, especially like Bob Dylan, etc., are very performed differently. Yes. Uh, you, so you get a slightly different take on an existing piece of material. Yeah. But whether I view a Warhol painting on my PC, yeah. full HD, etc., etc., or I go wherever and see that Warhol painting, that picture is the same, well, bar textually potentially. Well, see the the way the thing I would say to that is. Um, if you pull up a Rothko painting, it's just an abstract painting. It's pretty much like red, blue, yellow, or whatever. Drawn by a four-year-old. No, no. And you'll see these paintings and you'll go, there's nothing special about them. Like, I've seen a million Rothkos in pictures. When I was overseas, went to a Rothko, uh, there was a couple of Rothkos in this exhibition. It was an experience. But is that see, a... those look really boring. But those things are 10 feet tall. Yeah, so it's, it's more of a perspective issue than an art piece. Because to me, that isn't art. But see, when you're in it, it's an experience. Like, I was like, it looks like crap. You know, you look at it and you're like, anybody could do that. But then when you go into them... But even if I see even if I see this black stripe with a red stripe through it, yeah. 50 feet in diameter, it's still a bit of black paper with a red paint stripe through it. Right, but when this thing's 10 feet tall and you're in it, there's just a glow to it. It's, 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 seriously, it's, it's, it's I an just, experience to be with a Rothko. I I just, well, I what, what paintings have you seen in person? Who me? Yeah. Guy with dick in 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 paintings, I would say very few. Um, in uh, exhibitions, I can't remember the guy's name. As usual, I'll be caught out. But the only one when I've ever witnessed it in first hand and have also seen a digital version of it, and then thought, okay, it, it was worth seeing in person. Was yeah. I think he was German, but again, I could be completely wrong. And he halved a cow, and it was completely. Oh, um, uh, completely sealed in two glass boxes but halved and yeah, you can yeah. walk is that who it is yeah, yeah, yeah. you could walk through the middle of the cow and see the innards of the cow yeah. on both sides now to me I've seen a photo of that I saw that in real life yeah. um, in the Lane Art Gallery and that was a piece where I thought okay I think I took something away from that piece that I didn't see digitally yeah. but uh, a 2D image barring like I say paint texture I don't see how somebody would travel to the Louvre to see something but you, 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 you can't 
get a sense of the presence without indeed i think a lot of it is uh perspective especially given when it's a huge art piece yeah. because but like you say you're almost swamped as yeah, a person really by this huge but wall. you're also missing it if you're that person that goes well i want to go see the mona lisa like if you're mm. if you're into art for the sheer you know this is that piece that is known by lots of people yeah, and i can say oh, i saw it yeah. then yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah what's the point yeah and and it's so inherently subjective the idea of even comparing one painter's work to another painter's oh, work is redundant yeah. but i mean as to me it's like watching a film on a tv screen versus watching a film in a theater but that's what i'm saying it's almost the the grandeur effect of it rather than the yeah. material itself doesn't change like yeah, but if you see a, star wars at home and in a cinema you in essence have seen the same movie but the experience i guess is different so yeah, you're traveling I, for an experience not an art piece you're um because like i say it's the it's the same as the music argument it's the the crowd you're with in that star wars theater on an opening day the I, fact I, that the music even, is louder and the screen is bigger be more specific to an empty theater have you ever watched a movie in the theater on your own uh, I don't think I've ever been to cinema on my own, but even as even as like a me and a missus, no, I don't think. Oh, so my favorite sorry. experience ever in a cinema was watching Interstellar, and I went at about ten in the morning, and there was it was the first showing basically at that, that theater. No one else there. Hmm. I've never felt a movie that much as I did that one. Oh. And granted, that movie has its shortcomings, something shocking, but. <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's pretty good. I would have said it's more the um, through line of the daughter and Jessica Chastain. It's just none of it feels deserved or makes sense, really. She yeah. just... Like, what kind of adult hasn't reconciled something that made them grumpy as a child? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's about, the, about the same logic as Batman still mourning his parents at 45. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. come on, grow up. You're a multi-million How come dollar. Batman never ended up a drug addict? Batman is a drug addict in um, a lot of um, instances of it. But he was never like true like substance abuse in a um, sense. There's a book called Venom about him um, taking steroids. Oh, really? Yeah, because the Venom steroids what makes Bane big. Is it? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't know that. But yeah, he can't save a little girl. She actually dies, which is a real tricky Yeah, because a lot of the Batman literature, at least, is significantly darker than the movies. Oh, yeah, Although they've started to kind of dark in the movie somewhat yeah Ben Affleck turning into Dark. <laughs> I wasn't against Ben Affleck as Batman like really let's be honest and I'm going to make some get some hatred from this but Batman is nothing but a chin and a voice everything else is suit yeah and I well, didn't think his Batman voice was that bad and dude he, has a chiseled chin you know so it's to, to me he was a more true to comic Batman than Christian Bale was and, and both were pretty dark too so they, yeah. they, that wasn't like and, the time. it more encapsulated batman's um oh shit um batman's ethos yeah we're gritty and dirty and hateful and spiteful um christian <laughs> yeah. whereas because christian bale's bit was inevitably what nolan's movies always are which is like people kind of putting big ideas forwards and just sort of standing there and looking at the big ideas in front of very very um oppressive architecture like that's that's very much what nolan's movies all have in them but which is weird because he's english and he's it's more of an american trope <laughs> batman no just the kind of like you're this i don't know the, the way he set up his movies it's a very they're, they're not written like british movies 
Gilliam writes more British movies. Yeah, I, I suppose. Like British, like, British movies always find uh, traditionally they have to do everything over substance because there's not nearly as much money sunk into it as there is in the American industry. Except for Virgin Ivory. <laughs> I think we make shitty movies for the most part. Really? I mean, uh, honestly. No, like just, just like from a personal level, like if I was to pick movies that I genuinely enjoy, there is very few British movies in my list. I always think the best combination is American money, uh, British, British direction, actors. and British acting, yeah. I'm not against British actors by any stretch. Or, it, or Australian, either. A, a, a British, British, like with Nolan. You watch a Nolan movie and then you watch a movie, a, a lot of other movies. Nolan's movies just feel more grown up. Mm. Yeah. they got a, a certain level of sophistication and a lot of, but he's usually let down by the um, the vague and seeming you know, not always justified characterization like yeah especially that interstellar through line of the daughter which just didn't work but <laughs> he's all around the yeah he's fucked up yeah but the being in a theater on your own with all that sound being surrounded by it um that movie is about 75 percent practical effect but you don't feel like it just felt to real some degree it, felt it could big. be emulated with a good sound system and a decent tv probably yeah like given I, that that's not it's not so much environmental because there was no other people there to kind of like increase that experience yeah your, well your, i mean i was more probably more pull you away from it and increase it but yeah. um I mean, it's a common sort of film school 101 trope is, hey, you make something that seems engaging visually and make it silent. All right. Because what do you think when you think of Nolan movies? You think they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> yeah, it instantly <laughs> gives <laughs> a... <laughs> instantly fires like a weird sort of sense of scope, size, imposingness. It all comes from the sound if you if you take the sound out of it a lot of that doesn't stand up and especially movies like nolan's that if you actually watch them shot for shot look like trailers watch a nolan film speed it the fuck up it looks like a trailer it's all drifting shots with a pace always up at about about a six and a half seven out of ten minimum Mm. all the shots are moving everything's frantic it there's there's it's he's selling you the idea of the film but you're actually watching the film so it's, yeah. it shouldn't be selling it to you which is strange but i'd still consider him my favorite director but it's yeah. just something i've always noticed about it. it watch it you'll you'll you get a sense you're being shown a trailer hmm. i was really surprised that the bane voice didn't keep taking out of the movie because he sounded like sean connery the whole time. <laughs> i i really want to be able to watch it with the original in scene voice Oh, Which was voice? different, I think. So like, you, you ever notice how every such. time Bane talks, he's coming out in stereo while everyone else's voices are coming out in the scene? I hadn't noticed that, I'm honest. They, um, through, through testing, they found that, no, the voice was far too hard to understand. So they so completely they... re-recorded the entire audio. Oh, wow. Um, if you can go back, which it's basically impossible to go without a screener, you watch at the start of... Whatever movie it was, they um, showed you the scene where um, there's the guys in the airplane and the airplane gets its wings cut off and gets hijacked by another airplane at the start of the movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. You can hear it. The original version of it, you can hear Bane in scene with Tom Hardy just talking through that mask in front of the, like, in scene. But I guess it would be extremely muffled given the mask. Yeah. You you almost, I imagine a solid percentage of the movie, you need subtitles. Yeah. But it sounded better. Okay. Because... More natural, I guess. When everyone's going like this. And then Bane is like this (laughs) over top of everyone else. Because he's coming out of both speakers exactly, evenly, yeah. perfectly. You're thinking, what? What? Why? Who? Whose oversight was that? Who? Let me say something insightful. Yeah. But they get away with it, though. We watched a, a some. I think it was an Italian movie. It took me a while to gather that it was dubbed, but an Italian movie, which is a fan fiction of a Harry Potter thing about Voldemort. Yesterday, <laughs> All right. obviously the missus. The missus is a huge Harry Potter. Where'd fan, you so. find that? So they, is it a proper release or is it something no it's nonsense? the oh, oh yeah, internet nonsense i guess yeah, they, yeah. so they somewhat had a budget to do it they were then offered a buttload of money to release it on dvd they said no we're putting it on youtube so we got a copy that was dubbed but there was no depth to any other voices it was like the people all of the characters were sat around like we are talking in a very similar place yeah. but in the scene they were like 12 foot away but you didn't sound any further away and it was just Harry, I tell you to come home now. <laughs> like yeah. that's what we were watching and we were just watching it and i'm thinking well, these voices sound strange you know and yeah. then i'm like oh it's because it's dubbed it's like, like um, no they were literally sitting in a circle just recording the audio you seen um but they must have made money was it die hard 4.0 no there's a scene where uh, <laughs> lost me pretty where long. bruce willis and justin long are having a conversation in a car on a highway and bruce willis's window is smashed out because that's how they got into the car <laughs> and they're having a normal room temperature conversation oh, with word. no diagetic <laughs> no sound no, whatsoever no. yeah see but, how does that make it in that's oh, okay, hold on. If we're gonna go that, my favorite, one of my favorite movies, Point Break. They're both going down. My parents are going, "No, you pull it, man!" Uh, <laughs> like, Come on. Now the the so the best um the best inversion of that is have you ever watched the show The Venture Brothers? Um, Why does the name ring a bell? It's yeah. So it's it's basically take like a Marvel Cinematic Universe and make everyone like losers. Oh, yeah. Like their version, their ripoff of Spider Man actually shoots his web from his lower back because that's where a spider would do it. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got like eight eyes up his forehead, but he's got like a gross, sort of festery wound looking thing, <laughs> and he swings ass first. It's, like, it's it's great just because it's you know it's stupid. Um, but there's a scene where there's uh, and it, he was actually voiced by Stephen Colbert. Um, he's a ripoff of Mr. Fantastic. True. So he has, um, he's stretchy. Hmm. The Human Torch is just a guy who, when exposed to oxygen, is permanently in flame and in pain. Oh shit! <laughs> so just the Human Torch lies in like this um, oxygen-free sensory deprivation chamber, and if you open it, it's just a guy screaming <laughs> painfully. But the Invisible Woman is just a woman who. Um, her skin will go invisible so if not she's not if she like loses her concentration just her skin goes away and you just see like muscle and bones <laughs> um who Trump else is in the fantastic <laughs> yeah but, but he just wants it to sit into a corner and be quiet <laughs> but that they've got the um 
they've got the like the, the fantastic four or whatever have that stupid car that's like a bunch of docking like um uh fan car flying thingies oh. they have it in one of the movies the like actual mm. hollywood movies so it's stupid um but the mr fantastic or whatever his name is in the show is actually evil you just don't really know that and he's doing like his so you know like we're here i'm doing my speech explaining that and the main character's just sitting in one of the other seats of this flying car thing go what <laughs> i couldn't hear you <laughs> what <laughs> I, and, and he's yeah giving his like nuanced rehearsed villain speech and just entire time is punctuated with what but what's great about that <laughs> is, or, or what's a shame about it i guess is that they don't inject that into normal movies like a bit more normalcy in movies would make them more relatable you know like we've all sat in a car with the windows down shouting at each other before you know like how that isn't part of movies i don't know and now you come to mention it there's an awful lot of movies like training day comes to mind where they drive around that entire movie in a car practically windows down and no nothing wind sound no raised voices no you know I want the movie where it's a thin black guy. Like in Black Panther, everybody's all like yoked up. It's like, where's the thin black guy who smokes pot all day? Just kind of chilling out in the back. Everybody's got to be like, no. Nah, Dave Chappelle's gonna... still doing comedy. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to fight on. It's like, how about the. I have that with quite a few brothers who just kind of lay back. I just want to see a superhero get his ass kicked. I just want to see him to come like storming into that scene with his Wait, fucking spandex seen, on and uh, get his ass kicked. Have you ever seen Kick Ass? Uh, vaguely but like yeah. it was all he was an amateur superhero like I want to see Batman go storming in with his batarang and shit and then somebody just <laughs> hand his ass to him yeah you know? I mean I just like the fact that his first attempt to fight crime is basically gets knifed in the stomach and gets kicked <laughs> to shit and then is in hospital for a long time and ironic that we hinted on this uh, I think last time we got together um, they're remaking Kick-Ass and making it a female lead oh, just to add that to Ghostbusters I was reading about that the other day uh, they're I mean, also yeah, doing that yeah. with the oceans movies yeah that was right yes yeah. yeah what it's money that's all it is it's yeah not but like it's we not care about women whoa you said we the royal we it's all about money no, no, no. <laughs> yeah but it's um why why not just write a compelling film yeah we're honestly put all the probably cost more money Probably. How about we buy the rights and we'll just get um, get a decent amount of viewers purely off of name recognition. That might work. What is the most male-oriented movie that we can make with women that would just be off? Terminator? No, because we would have a Terminator. The, I don't know, like, if you, if you wanted to swap something out for entirely women and have it not work, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. 12 Angry Women. <laughs> That would work because it's a jury. Still works. Yeah, you could you could do twelve angry men, but with women. Yeah, I don't understand why Hollywood panders though. You could get tons of women writers who will make compelling stories instead of fucking Ocean's Eight. Come on, and we, you've got great actresses in that. Why are we going that way? Because uh, money. I don't know. It's like, oh, Aliens, one of my favorite films. It's got a female lead. Yeah. Um, yeah well the the original to me was always look at what he suggested and then look at what it's it's the same thing that star wars did it's 
here's an idea and then the second somebody makes a sequel they say all those things that you put in it those are just how that universe is yeah even though they can make it whatever they want yeah you you have a gun that looks a certain way everyone has that gun that's the same gun that everyone has the one alien in that movie looked a certain way that's how they all look they all look like that you're gonna throw like 80 of them at somebody now because they've seen one of them and one's not scary so make a herd of them but alien, I don't know with the original alien you don't think she's a woman they're Yafat Kodu's the black guy it's just it's an awesome story 